Hello and welcome to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is a podcast that's been created to enhance, connect and inspire the Yarra Valley Grammar community and beyond. My name's Paul Joy and it's my delight to sit down each episode with another member of the YOG community that is the Yarra Old Grammarian community. It's a growing gathering and group of people that continues to strengthen as more and more YOGs get involved and stay connected. But the conversation that we have in each episode is interesting to YOGs, but it spreads further afield than that. Today, here in episode 13, I catch up with Martine Oglethorpe from the class of 1990. When she was here, there weren't too many girls around, and that created for her a whole range of uh, opportunities that she may not have had uh, in other school settings. We talk for a little while about some new opportunities that she experienced, like going skiing for the first time ever. Nowadays, Martine is a speaker, and she's spoken on a variety of big stages, and we explore things like blogging and uh, her thoughts on the value of starting small. Martine is known now for her uh, work in modern parenting, and I begin today's conversation by asking her, what was school like? when she graduated in 1990? Some parts of it still quite similar, some very, very different, obviously, um, physically. <laughs> um, obviously, lots of some new buildings have, have gone up, but it's it's interesting. There's still little pockets of the school that you walk past and you have these memories that come back and you remember standing there waiting for someone or staring out at some, some boy you liked, all that sort of stuff. So there's certainly still pockets of it that are, are, are very, uh, very memorable. Um, as well as obviously all these new new buildings. Um, and you were here at a time when there weren't many girls. No, no, we um, we were sort of uh, fairly new as they were feeding them in. So, um, you know, they had certainly had some advantages, but, you know, um, also I think I made more sports teams in my year 11 than I ever had my whole time at my other schools. So that was great because it allowed me, you know, the odds were, the odds were uh, with me there. So we were Chances where you were going to make the team. Chances where we were going to make the team. So it was really, um, it was really easy to get involved. And I think that's, um, I think that's part, partly why I loved it so much at that time, because I suddenly was getting involved in all of these things that I hadn't really, you know, ever, ever done before or been involved in. So give us two examples of things that you never thought you would have done. Well, one example was I, um, Mrs. Carroll, the uh, PE teacher at the time, she was taking a group of, um, of uh, skiers up to, uh, I think it was um, Falls Creek, and, and I'd never skied before. My girlfriend, Felicity Scott, she'd never skied before, so we thought, I wonder if we could tag along just to have a go and see what it's like. And um, so we said to Miss Carol, can we come along, you know, just, she goes, yeah, why not? That's a good idea for you to come and, you know, have a go. This is just the, the trials to see who was going to make the, the ski team. So we went along and we, we snow plowed the whole way down the mountain and had lots of falls and, and we really loved it. And, and she goes, oh, if you want to come, there's another trial. It's a two day trial though. So, you know, and so went back to mum and dad said, yeah, you know, this is a good way for us to experience it without you having to take the whole family. So we did again and she said, oh, at the end of it, let me just make a team out of you. And um, there was another two girls who, who were in the same boat. So she made us the girls' B team. And we, again, snowplowed our way down the mountain in the, uh, in the championships. And uh, we, we weren't last because there were a few girls that were probably a lot faster but fell off. So, so we, uh, we, we, you know, we completed it and had, had a ball. And that was a, a massive highlight for me because, um, as I say, it wasn't something that we did as a family. So we never went skiing. So it was a great way for us to get involved and... 
Um, and I guess the other, the other great experience I had was being involved in the Rock of Stedford, which we did um, again in year 11, and that was, um, that was fantastic and a great way for us to get to know each other as a group because um, most, most people were involved in that in some way. And um, we went all the way through. We, we won our, our heat and we went off to Rod Laver Arena and um, we, we were a little bit gypped. We came second and we're, we're still just getting over that because we were beaten by Halbury. So we think there was a little bit of a political thing going on there. They wanted boys, boys uh, schools to get more involved. So <laughs> we still, we still were, were struggling with that a bit. So anyone who was involved knew that we were clearly the best, yeah. but uh, we did mini the moocher and it was, it was lots of fun. And, and what was your role in that? Are you a musician? Are you a singer? Uh, no, an actor, I was. A I was dancing. So uh-huh. yeah, we did. We did a, a whole thing where we did all different genres of dance. So I did a bit of a Michael Jackson bit, and then nineteen uh, twenties, uh, um, you know, things. So we it was great fun, and we yeah, that was a really great way, I guess, for us to all come together as a group, as that year eleven and twelve group, and um, put us in in a really good position to go on to year twelve together. Mm. And, and yeah, we were all yeah really close. Wow. And you're still involved in our school. Um, yes. You've still got connection. Tell us a little bit about why you might still be involved in our school. Well, I'm still involved in the school because I have um, I have a number of children myself. I've got five boys. Five and, boys, um, yes. yes. Ranging in age, we've got one in year 11. 11. Uh, Dan and we've got one in prep. Prep, yes. Wow. So, yeah. That's quite a span. Yeah, it is quite a span. So it's, um, yeah, it makes for uh, interesting times. But it's, you know, it's nice now. The older boys are good with the little ones and it uh, gives them a, a new perspective on life as well and new different, you know things that they have to take care of. So, um, yeah, so I've got my, my high school boys um, gone through here and, uh, yeah, so it's nice. Yeah, it is nice to be back. Absolutely. Well, we're thrilled to have you back. So it's uh, great that you're still part of our school community. Um, I wonder in your time while you were here at school, did you have a favourite place or a place that you ended up being often, whether that be in the science classroom or on the stage, outside the principal's office? Was there a place that you frequented Regularly? Uh, not necessarily outside the principal's office. I was a very good girl. Um, <laughs> I, I guess we used to uh, we used to hang out on the hill, looking over at the oval a lot. Um, that was just where we sent, tended to congregate. And then I often walked past where now is the uh, the eleven and twelve building. Um, and on that little hill there was where we used to wait for the bus. So um, we always used to sit in a in a group there. And, and I still, you know, I walked past there last night actually, going to parent teacher interviews, and walked up the hill and. And it did remind me of those times where we'd just all sit around waiting for the bus and that's, you know, where a lot of your, you know, social interaction happened as well. Now, some of our listeners may um, have heard of a blog that you write. You've got a, a variety of different roles from being an author to a speaker and you're a blogger mm-hmm. um, called The Modern Parent. Yep. yep. What is a modern parent? Well, the modern parent, I guess, for me, it um, it encompasses obviously um, parenting today. I think is is quite different um, in terms of the digital space and what we're what we're dealing with. So, I, it became I had a background in education and counselling, and then this became a way for me to explore some of what was what I saw was a different a different role for parents today that we we hadn't sort of had in the past and. Because it's a, it's you know, living in the in the digital world is is not what we grew up with. Um, it's something that we have had to adjust. I mean, obviously, every generation of parents adjusts to something, but I think the changes that happened in this, in in this time, have been quite quick and, and a lot more, um, you know, um, evolved than than any other time. So I think it, the modern parent just means keeping up with um with what's happening in the modern world, um, and and trying to help. I guess my. My perspective is trying to get parents to um, not be overwhelmed 
by by what they you know hear about see and, and and some of that stuff because I think sometimes that leads us to to not get as involved as we maybe should because it mm. becomes very you know um, not our world so I really want parents to understand that they don't have to keep up with every single thing that their child is doing or every single app or site that they visit or hang out on but it's about knowing what's out there and knowing you know what are the skills your child's going to need what are the what is the understanding they need of this world and and so that they can then have the right conversations, I guess, with their kids and be involved rather than just, you know, being a, a it's, it's all too hard kind of thing. So you're, um, through the blog and through your speaking and, and as an author, have become an expert in parenting. And dare I say, you've done the research, you've done some studies in that area, and you're living it every day yeah. with a busy home and getting the, the boys off to all different places and all there. So do you feel that that's um, a good training field for seeking to do the research, put it in practice, and then try and share that with other people? Is that, is that where you get your credibility from? Yeah, I guess so. I think because um, I do try and, and, I guess, merge both of that professional side of stuff, the data, the research, or, and, and talking to other kids and seeing what other kids are doing, um, with that personal experience of living with, with five children of, of vastly different ages and going through different experiences. So, um, and what I, the way I parented my you know, 16-year-old is very different to the, what I'm doing with my five-year-old because they're doing completely different things. So I think it certainly allows me to have um, a greater understanding of of you know what it means to be a parent today um, and that that sort of I guess there's that expert tag but um, for me it's more about just giving parents my knowledge of what I know about about you know, the digital side of stuff but also um, about trying to you know have some understanding perspective as well. Mm. Would you say that your home your family home is just a normal, regular, everyday. Like, what does home look like? Take us into your home just for a moment. My home is very normal, and you know, and I think when I, well, it's normal as in it's probably a bit more chaotic than than some. But and and talking about the expert thing, you know, I, I think it's also important to know that my kids are not perfect on these. You know, even in the digital space, you know, they they make mistakes, all of that sort of stuff, and I don't know everything that they do and all that. So I think it's it's also important that I let parents know that too, because you know, when they say, oh, you know, have you, have your children ever? made mistakes I wouldn't have said yeah all the time and you know um, I'm sure the teachers listening to this will, will attest to that but um, you know it's it's one of those things where I it's it's just learning to live with it in a way that I, I guess allows um, the connection to remain between parents and kids um, and uh, and and that's the focus of our family life I guess but it's you know in saying that it's still got all of the other craziness of all other families. I mean, there's five kids that are all very active, all into a whole lot of, um, you know, extracurricular stuff. So, you know, my husband and I have a meeting on Thursday night pretty much to work out the logistics of the weekend because that's when all the sports teams come out, all the, the times for the basketball games and all that. So we have to work out who's where, who's, you know, which help we call in from where <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. So it can be chaotic. appreciate uh, your authenticity because it, it's, you know, when you are an expert or seen as an expert, there is perhaps an assumption that you're going to have everything just A-OK and everything's going to be... but. Um, yep, there'd be an acknowledgement that with five children, there's going to be some chaos involved in that. And I appreciate you acknowledging that, um, that you know, you're not even over all of their digital no. experiences and, and uh, pursuits and whatever. And I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Well, I mean, even have my, 
my brother loves to tell me whenever he sees me doing some some bad sort of parenting, he'll say, "Oh, would the modern parent do that?" You know. And my my nephews who are here, they're the same. They love um, they love having a little dig at all of that. So, um, and I, and I just laugh it out. I said, "Never said I was a perfect parent. I just said I was a modern one." <laughs> so, so um, I think yeah, it is and it is an important part of what I do too because I don't ever think that parents should aspire to be perfect because it's you know it's not possible. It's 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 a different game altogether, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Um, there'll be people who are listening here who have got one child mm. and they, and I remember very clearly, um, I'm one of, uh, four siblings and I wanted a big family. And after we had our first child, we were two months in and I thought, Whoa, this is such hard work. This I'm done. This is so hard work. This is ridiculous. Now there will be people who are living in the moment and it is really hard to manage one or two children. Yeah. Um, how, how does one balance life as an adult with children, five children, you're um, a, bo- a blogger, mm-hmm. you're an author, you're an artist, a speaker and so forth. How, where is the you time in all of that? Um, I think, you, I, think I, do, I do make a little bit of a priority to, to try and um, balance out all of that stuff. As I say, our weekends are very much about the kids and their mm-hmm. sport and all of that sort of stuff. Um, we usually, my husband and I usually have one or two things that we might do during the week. He, he might go to bowls on a Wednesday night or something, or and I'll, I'll either have book group or catch up with girlfriends. So I think we still try and prioritise that um, as well, having our own things to do. Um, and, and I guess, you know, it's, it's people say, oh, how do you do it with five kids? You know, I can barely cope with one or two. It, it's kind of, you know, it didn't all happen overnight. I didn't have five kids land on my, you know, in my lap. It was, it, it was something that was, has been over time. And I think you just get used to, to doing, I think being busy, it's like that old saying, ask a busy person, because you're so used to having to be organized to get everything done mm-hmm. that, yeah, organization is key, but it's also, you know, as they get older, they do get more independent and, you know, the they it changes what you need to do for them you know yes there might be more running around but I don't have to dress them or feed them or all that sort of stuff so um you know that all changes as well and then you know having having older older kids to look after little kids is, has been a great bonus for us too there's always extra pairs of hands to to you know help them cross the road take them to the toilet you know all those sorts of things so um that that really helps as well and they don't know any different no as, as the older brother, they, they are called upon to help out or whatever and they don't know that other... Yeah. Their mates may not have to do that, but no. that's what they've grown up with, so that's what they do. That's yeah. what's expected and so that's part of your family. Yeah. That's what's required. That's, yeah. 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 No, it is nice. It's nice to see and it's nice to just see them have that responsibility that is just a given, you know. It's not something that they question or, or mm. you know, because this is what they've always had to do and... Mm. You know, if I have to run out the door and one of them has to take over, that's that's what happens. So um, yeah. it, it sort of it, it works. And as I say, there's there's days when it's chaotic. There's days when we do not get out of the house on time, or yeah. you know those sorts of things. And there's other days where it works beautifully. So it's like I'm sure it has the same in every household. You have days when it works and days when it doesn't. Sure. What does your desk look like at home? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's an interesting question because this year I finally got finally got my. Uh, fifth child off to school so this was going to be my year of um, you know getting everything organized having a beautiful beautiful um, home office and having that all lovely and um, I did clean it out I knew that this term was going to be um, a bit a bit chaotic and I thought I'll just at least clean it out so I'm ready to go but and I did and my husband said to me the other day you're still working at the kitchen bench I know and so I'm not sure what what that is um, I have all my stuff in the office but I end up taking the laptop and often sitting at the kitchen bench so I don't 
you know, there's obviously not a lot of people around during the day, but I, I'm not sure what that's all about. But I'm, I'm hoping that to try and make that a little bit of a better workspace, but um, because it's probably not the best idea to have it at the, the kitchen bench, but that's that's what I've done. Sometimes I think when the little ones were around, it was easy to nick over to the kitchen bench and do a few emails or do, do something while you can still keep an eye on them. So um, maybe that's just a bit of a habit too. Yeah. And, and whether or not it's a habit that you need to break or not. Yeah. It doesn't really matter, does it? No. Interesting, yeah. Um, you were here for just two years here yeah. at Yarra as a student. Yeah. Um, are there relationships or friendships or experiences or learnings that um, you experienced while you were here that still, I guess you're still in contact with people or are yeah. there still things that you experienced here? I don't know. Do you still go to the snow every year? No, I don't, but I was actually saying to some of the other day, I really would love to, to take my boys to the snow, but I said to them, maybe they should try and see if they can do that at school because take, taking trip. five kids to the snow, <laughs> I guess it's just been that logistical thing that's um, held me back from that um, and the cost as well. Um, but, um, look, I I think for me the memories of Yarra, and I know that a lot of my friends are the same, was the, um, the relationships that we formed um, and that, um, sense of um, sense of friendship, but also um, I think connection as well with with the wider community, with our friends, parents, all of that stuff was really was really big. And um, you know, that that's probably the stuff that I've taken most. And I'm still good friends with a lot of the people I went through um, through school with. I have, you know, as I said, Felicity Scott, who I went to the snow with. My my brother actually married her sister, so that's that's nice. And, and uh, their boys are here too. Um, and, you know, I, I catch up every year with um, another girl who, who I went, Di Harris, we catch up on, you know, every Boxing Day and we have a reminisce and, and then, you know, even just going down the beach, I bump into people who, you know, who I went to school with and um, I had one of them, Mark Davies, was coaching my kids in nippers this year, so that was really nice. So there's, there's always seems to be people around that you, you bump into and, and as well as those ones that you've just kept those strong strong friendships with. So That's great. And... and- as the school continues year on year and, and our numbers are growing, the number of people in the wider community who have a connection back into Yarra Valley Grammar is obviously going to continue to grow, yeah. um, which is special. It's great to be part of that and great to have that connection. Um, yeah. There's something about uh, your school or having a, an experience at school that does connect you back and yeah. you know, it's, it's not quite the same as wearing the same footy jumper, but there's still a, you know, there's part yeah. of, you're part of the team, part of the experience. You, you understand a little bit about what it might be like. Yeah, and I even will my um, boy in year eight. He brought, he was telling me about his friend that he'd, he'd met, and and I worked out that I used to catch a bus with his um, with his dad, and so you know we we caught up then when we came to the information night. So it's just nice to have those little chats about what we used to do on the bus from you know. <laughs> so it was it was good. Yeah, that's great. A school like Yarra. Uh, stands for more than just an educational learning environment. I think a school like Yarra is much bigger than that, much more than that. And if I guess if we were to take a bird's eye view or a long view of your experience of Yarra as a student or as a parent, um, what are the add-ons? What are the extra things that you think an experience at a school like this offers? Well, I think I think well something that I, 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 I've taken away, which I've spoken about, is that... Um, getting involved in in things that I may not al- always have done um, and just 
having that, um, without sounding uh, cliche, that confidence to, to achieve and to do things, you know, and that it is interesting. I do often read the, read the motto and I talk about that to my boys as well when they're struggling with academic stuff or they're struggling with other things. It's like it's about taking on as many experiences as you can because it's a place where you can do that. Once you leave school, it's a lot harder to get all of those different experiences um, from life. So, you know, it's, it is about taking up those opportunities and, I think um, I think that was really as I said important for me. I said I never would have got a sports award <laughs> where I was. I never would have probably gone to the snow. I never would have you know had that involvement in in um, all those extracurricular stuff that I did. And then um, you know having all of those, I think that's probably the main thing for me. And, and the relationships and um, you know I think that relationships are a key to any school and any learning, regardless of of where it is. So I think building between whether it's between teachers and students, we had lots of. Uh, you know, a lot of great rapport with our, with our teachers um, and, you know, that thing, I know that that was um, something that most of my, my peers as well took with them. Yeah, that's great. And, uh, and hopefully your, your children are experiencing the same um, yeah. in terms of connection with uh, their staff, their teachers. Yeah. Um, it, it is, it's really important. Yeah. It is really important. And I think as kids realise that the teachers are there, they're on their side, yeah. you know, they want to help them achieve their best as well. Yeah. Um, is is important for them to gather. Um, our school motto is Lavavi Oculus, to lift up my eyes. And so if you take yourself back maybe to sitting on the hill overlooking the sports fields or um, the hill just outside the year 11 and 12 area, um, when you lift up your eyes, perhaps towards the future, what, what do you see out there for you? Um, I think hopefully more of, um, I guess, getting out and connecting with more more people, more parents, um, more kids, and just spreading my wings that way. Um, continuing to continuing to, to talk, to do talks and speaking. Um, and, you know, I guess that's sort of just been slowly evolving over the last few years. And if I can do that while still, while still doing everything I can, I'm doing with my family, to me, that's, you know, that's, that's everything because I wanted to be to do something that allowed me to still play the role that I need to play for my family, um, which is be around a lot. Um, so if you know if that means um, you know I, I never really wanted to go back to doing nine to five, I guess every day or, or you know. So I, I wanted to be able to do something that I was in charge of of what I did and when I did it, um, which is partly I guess why I sort of have steered my my career this way because it, it has allowed me to still be around a lot you know for the kids as well and keep those weekends free all of those sorts of things you know it doesn't mean that I you know I still can't go away for work and things like that but it just means that it's not something that's you know takes me away you know, regularly and and so I think to continue doing what I'm doing and enjoying it and still be play a really big role in the kids lives is well, is you know that's everything for me mm. so I'll be happy with that Where, what venue would you love the opportunity to speak at mm. Um, well, I haven't thought of that. Um, I haven't thought of that. Well, I am actually. I did speak last year at the MCG, and that's probably about as close as I'm ever going to get to play football. So <laughs> uh, that was a pretty big that's one, um, and it was it was it was it was weird looking out at the at the uh, over when it's all uh, you know just green no players on it, and uh, from a very different perspective. That that was good. I spoke at, at um, a conference for teachers there, and. Um, there was a couple of Yarra teachers there too, so that was good. But, um, yeah, I don't, I, I'm not sure where else. I, I, I think for me it, it's just um, it's just keep keep doing it at, um, you know, so that I can still have the life that I want and that's to me is, yeah, 
that's the best thing that's about good. it. That's good. Um, how long has your blog been going, The Modern Parent? Um, it's about five years now, um, and I've probably been, you know, doing more regular speaking um, for the last, you know, three years, I think. And you mentioned there just a moment ago that it, it started small, mm. and then gradually over time you, you become... Uh, more well-known and, and you become reliable in, in the content that you're putting out there. There are blogs, there are hundreds of thousands of blogs that people can tune into and websites and so forth. Any guidance or advice? Because I dare say there'll be people listening who might like the idea of giving up the nine to five and, uh, and moving into something where they're in a bit more control or at least perceived control, whether it's something entrepreneurial or whether it's to start a blog and get you know this massive audience and any guidance or advice, whether they be young people trying to start out or, or maybe older people who just want to change in their life? I think I think number one is just to start it and then because then you can work out – because for me, blogging is also about um, being very authentic and that's what a blog allows you to do is mm. to – whilst you might just be an expert in something or mo- whilst you might have a product that, you know, you think everybody needs, the blogging side of it allows you to have that authentic voice and to connect with an audience about, you know – um, about why they might need that service or that or that product or whatever, but I think starting a, just starting a blog to find that voice um, is, is really important because sometimes it does take a little while and you you read so much and there's so much content out there that sometimes it's very easy to compare yourself to, to other other bloggers or other people doing doing similar things or other writers. So um, you know, I guess for me it was just to keep to keep writing and keep. Um, writing about what what I was feeling, and I think the fact that I was fairly authentic in that, as well as providing um, you know the the background and research and data as well, um, adding that authentic personal voice allowed it me to connect with with I guess parents to start with, um, and then and then it's about finding well, what else can you do with that with that knowledge and with that connection with that audience. So for me, it was um, you know I did do some freelance writing as well for other publications. Um, but then it was, you know, I wanted to reach a wider audience, so I would, you know, go out and then and speak to parents and give that knowledge that way. So it, it I guess it, it wasn't something that I thought I was going to do. You know, when I started the blog, it was um, a way for me to organise, I guess, what I felt about certain topics. And, and um, I was studying my master's in counselling at the time and I wanted to work out what I thought about different things. And that was a good way for me to organise my thoughts, but also became a good resource for myself as well um, as others. And it just, it, it really evolved from, from that. And it didn't start out solely as, as digital parenting either. It was more general parenting at the start. And then I I guess I found that this was a niche that I was really interested in and that I knew that, you know, a lot of parents struggled in this area. So I thought that that was something that I could then niche further. So that um, that happened later. It wasn't something that I set out with either. So it all really evolved. That's why I, I guess my advice is to start and then see where it takes you and you'll work out what's, you know, what, what your interests are, what, what resonates with readers, what doesn't, um, and then decide whether, you know, whether it's a, a product you want to, you know, um, build from that or, or it's a service you want to provide or if it's just something that you do just um, for your own for your own self. Um, mm. a, lot of, a lot of bloggers do it just for themselves. That's great. And, and you're, you're right. Just start and then see where it leads. Mm. Um, but unless you start, you, you'll never know. Yeah, you don't know. Have you, over the journey, have you developed... Uh, routine or a habit um, whether it be for the business um, and for your writing or whether it be just to help you to function are there habits that you um, find are important for you um 
I like to say yes, I, I do. But and there are times when I do, and there are times when they go out the window. Um, so there are some times when I'll go for a while there on a Sunday night. I'll sit down and think all of the things that I need to do, um, and then that has to happen over the week. And then you get to the end of the week and you haven't done you know a lot of them. So um, I, I sort of then scrap that for a while, and then somebody said, "Well, just do three things a day that you need to accomplish." So. Um, I guess those sorts of things do work for me. I like to cross things off my list. Um, I'm a bit of a list maker and crosser, so sometimes I've been known to add things on that I've already done just to feel like I've <laughs> crossed it. But, um, yeah, but I, I think um, it's because because blogging for me hasn't isn't something that I have to I have to produce every every week. Or sometimes um, it's just whenever something I think of something that I want to write about, I will do it. Um, if I have a week that's really busy with other things, then it, it goes by the wayside. But for, it, it, I guess it, each week it's what's important. So am I doing um, a preparing a, for a conference or preparing a talk? Then that takes the focus of that week. So every week is different, So, which, you know, in a way is good for me because I, I can, you know, work at that around other schedules and other things that I've got on and... Um, but you know, it's it's still you know, there's still all the other the other things that have to go on to raise a family, and you know, so it just goes it works around it really. Mm-hmm. Um, Martine Oglethorpe is a blogger and a speaker and an author, and you can find her and more about her um, services at themodernparent.net. Yep. And over the course of our conversation today, I've uh, been impressed by her authenticity and question without notice uh martine what is an error or a mistake or a stuff up that's happened in the last week where you thought oh no that is not what i should have done um yeah i would say well there's probably a few let me (laughs) there's always i think being a parent there's always there's always mistakes um probably even just a conversation i had with one of my sons and i walked away i think i don't think i handled that very well and um and then being able to for me i it's being able to come back to that conversation say i think i stuffed up um i do try and do that not always because sometimes you don't like to be tell your kids that you're wrong um, so I think sometimes those those things happen, um, and I can think of an example this week where that probably happened, where um, you know I probably didn't handle something as well as I I would have, or as well as I would have told someone else to handle it. You know, um, you know, if somebody had come to me with this problem and I said this is what you should do, I didn't do it because sometimes we let it, our emotions get in the way. And being a parent, it's you know obviously it's a very close relationship we have with our own children. So it's 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 that constant battle with trying to do um, you know. Do what you, you know is right between you know what what is right and all that sort of stuff. But um, I think it's also again for me, it's important that my my kids see that I make mistakes too and it's okay. Um, and you know that obviously happens because I've got five kids of all very different personalities and very different challenges. So there's, there's you know always going to be. It's a humbling role, isn't it? Yeah. Being a parent and. Uh... Yeah, look, I appreciate that. Um, I wonder whether it be within the sphere of parenting or um, in the sphere of uh, the online space and technology, I wonder if there's a, a, an experience or a book or a resource that you think should be mandatory for young people to experience or explore or a, it might be a documentary that you've seen that you think would be really helpful for them to... Uh, and if it's something online, we'll link up to it in our show notes as well. Um, I can't really think off the top of off the top of my head. Um, 
I guess someone that's been, for, for parents, someone that's been influenced for me is a, is a lady by the name of Rosalind Wiseman, and she actually wrote the, um, well, she wrote the book that they, they made the movie Mean Girls um, from. And I guess for me it's that under, she has a great understanding of, of teenagers and, and, and what it means to grow up um, in, in an, a school environment with, with peers of all different people developing different ages and, and all different challenges that young people have. Um, so I think that, that, um, that she, for me, was, was someone that really um, helped me um, understand that, that, you know, there's so many different ways that, that kids are growing up and developing and that they all have, all have their different challenges despite what we might think about about them and I think anything for for kids um, I want them all to know that yeah that what people sometimes see from the outside is very different to what's going on um, on with them so I think kids in general need to need to know about that but I will have a think about some other resources and put them in show notes sure looking forward um, what do you see as being the biggest challenge for young people for children in the next five years um, I I guess it's going to. I think people who are kids who are, who are at this. I guess this this school age. Um, it's about. I guess, and I'm thinking in terms of the digital world because that's that's what I what I do. Um, I think it's um, separating our our online lives and our our, our real life um, stuff, and to not rely so heavily on those online personas or who we are online. Because I do see. I do. I do see a lot of issues with with self-esteem and things like that because there is this feeling of having to be, um, you know, perfect um, or have the, 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 the perfect pout and the perfect selfie and, and the, the perfect number of followers and, and have, um, you know, rely on our likes and our followers for our sense of who we are. And I guess that for me is is a challenge for for a lot of kids for some kids you know it, it's it runs off their back they couldn't couldn't care less but for other kids it can be um it can be a real challenge about um how do i make sure that i'm getting enough experiences away from the screens and away from those um those um, social interactions which are still really important for kids and will always remain really important mm-hmm. but how do we make sure that they're getting enough of enough of the other stuff that they need and that you know, when we when we look at devices, I think they do offer they offer us a lot because they they they're little and they're portable and they give us information and they entertain us and they socialise us and we and and we we think we get so much from them and and it's only you know it's any wonder that kids think they do too because that's all they've ever known is is a world where people have a device in their hand, but what we know is that they need so many other experiences, um, you know, and you know they still need to be involved in, um, in in a whole lot of other areas that I, I hope that we make sure that they're a priority, the community, the things like that, because we need we need them to get build that self-esteem a, a, away from those screens as well. And sometimes that's to me is probably something that I do worry a little bit about with some with some some kids and some groups that, you know, we're not getting giving them enough of those opportunities mm. outside and make sure that, you know, they have role models that aren't just their, their Facebook likers mm. or their Instagrams, probably not Facebook with kids, but you know, yeah. so it's it's focusing on that I think is is a big one to make sure that we're we're really building on those 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 skills and those connections mm. outside of outside of what happens online. Mm. Um Really enjoy getting to know you more. Um, this might be controversial. Do you uh, have your phone by your bed? Um, I do under my bed. Under your bed? <laughs> because I don't know. I think if it's a brainwaves thing, but I don't know. <laughs> um, because I don't, I don't want to see it or hear it, but um, 
I, I do have a volunteer role that um, I am supposed to be contacted 24 hours a day. So um, I don't have to answer the phone, but I do have to check that it's not something urgent I have to, I have to do so every now and then. So that is not the perfect scenario. And I, um, I do not think that it's a great thing because, you know, as we know, we, we, it's very hard to, to switch off when, it, when it's there. But I, have, I, I am a lot more proactive in, in turning it off and trying to read for myself because I know that that's something that I let go in the last couple of years mm-hmm. um, because, again, I thought that this phone answered everything that I needed. I had lots of stuff I could read online and lots of articles and lots of books, but um, I really wanted to try and, and, you know, have a little bit of time away from it as well. And mm-hmm. and I think it's important that, I, you know, we do have those certain times that we don't have it and, you know, that's that's hopefully what um, we'll get better at. Yes. And what's a book that you've read in the last little while that uh, that has captured you? Um, what have I read recently? Um, well, I'm actually reading at the moment, which I haven't, I haven't, um, completed, but it's, um, and I can't think of the title off the top of my head, but it's about a neurosurgeon and, uh, he unfortunately passed away last year, but it's about his journey through neurosurgery and then he finding out that he had cancer and it's beautifully written. So I'm, I've just started that and I'm really enjoying that. So I, and I think, yeah, I'm just wanting to, to uh, get back to, get back to books a bit more because I, I mean, I love reading, but it's, it, I guess that allows me to recognize the, um, the pull that the devices have because I've, um, I've neglected that. So that's something I'm certainly trying to. Yes. And, and you're heading towards a hard copy of a book. Yes. 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 I do have some on my, on my phone, but I do, I do like that hard copy, especially when I, I go away or, you know, I spent time down the beach. I made sure I read about five books and I, I don't like the idea of sitting on the beach with my device. So Agree. Agree. Yeah. Um, what's something that you're looking forward to, um, whether it be in your home, in your business, something in the, in the next six months, something that's coming up for you that you might be working on at the moment? Um, Look, I'm looking forward to lots of things. <laughs> I one, I'm looking forward. Well, I am looking forward to creating some more um, work-wise, some more um, talks for for teachers, which is sort of a different area that I'm going in. Um, so, obviously, I've done lots of work with parents and, and with kids, but it's also helping teachers in the classroom and teachers, um, you know, um, helping kids that might have some some issues as well with the digital space. So enjoying doing that um i'm looking forward to to football season because i love my footy um and and obviously with that um i've got a few boys that love their footy too so i love i'm looking forward to that starting and watching them um play that hopefully injury free would be nice um and yeah look um hopefully going on holidays with the kids oh there's lots oh there's always something i think Mm. when you've got five kids there's always something that's you know coming up that you're looking forward to sure um, as we conclude this, thank you very much for your time. And I wonder whether you can do two things for us. Um, if people wanted to make contact with you, what's the best way to do that? And is there maybe even in addition to just start, a word of advice that you could leave us with um, and then we'll say goodbye? Um, I would say make um, use all of the connections around you as not, not only for, for networking and things like that, but just for support and for um, you just never know where, where, they, where they lead to and the conversations that you have with people. And so for me, I'm just constantly, I just love meeting people all the time because you never know what your, their background is, where they're going and all those sorts of stuff. So I think it's just to keep 
um, to keep moving as well, just keep doing stuff and keep, you know, keep um, challenging yourself to, to keep going forward. And, and hopefully that's a message that I'll um, impart to my boys, hopefully. That's good. That's good. And how can we be in touch if people wanted um, to find out more? Yeah, like, you can, as you say, you can go to um, to the blog, themodernparent.net, um, and contact me, or you can go to this Facebook I'm on Instagram, Twitter, all over the place. Excellent. And we'll um, we'll link to all of those through the show notes. Um, thanks, Martine, for being with us and uh, and sharing a little bit of your journey and uh, and your story. And uh, and we love having you part and your family as part of uh, our Yarra Valley Grammar community. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Terrific. There you go. I hope you enjoyed that honest and authentic conversation with Martine Oglethorpe from the class of 1990. I love, uh, though, as a parent of five children uh, and, and having a, a reputation and uh, a standing in the blogging community as the modern parent and uh, seeking to offer advice and perspective on parenting, she acknowledges that, you know, she doesn't get it right all the time and uh, she's, a, she's honest about it. She's modern about it. Doesn't mean she's perfect. And uh, I really appreciate that about Martine. If you've enjoyed this episode of Inspired by Yarra, we'd love you to share it with others, whether they be part of our YOG community or further afield. I reckon there were some gems in there that uh, Martine shared with us that are applicable to many of us at various stages of our journey. We encourage you to stay connected. Continue to uh, follow us and uh, perhaps subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. You can make contact with us via email at podcast at yvg.vic.edu.au. And if you are a YOG, a Yarra Old Cremarian, when we stay, we encourage you to stay connected, stay in touch, whether by LinkedIn, Facebook, there are plenty of ways, or look us up on the web. We look forward to sharing another episode with you next time here on Inspired by Yarra. Thanks very much and bye for now.